what it is. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about Dune, the sand planet, and a remake, actually, as well. So, we're going to be talking about the whole thing. We're going to be talking about the spice, how it must flow, and and uh, different houses, space travel, worms, all types of jazz. So, go ahead and sit down, grab your snacks, grab your drink, and listen on in to the first ones to die. You are now listening to the first ones to die. The first ones to die. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the first ones to die podcast. We hope you're having a great start to your week. However, it is starting. Uh, we had a great week. At least I hope we did. Um, Alex, how was your week? It wasn't bad. My mom was in town, so that was nice. I got to spend a little time with her. We didn't go uh, anywhere, really, because, you know, trying to be safe with this pandemic that is still going on, people. Preach. Um, yeah, but it was nice to have my mom in town. Uh, we got to talk a little more. We opened up a little bit, so it was really nice to kind of have that uh, moments with her. It was nice. Oh, that's nice. She just, you know, she went home on Friday, so it's also nice just to have my apartment back because, um, as you guys can see, well, Cheddar too, who looks like a Chester Uh There, this is pretty much my living space, so it does get kind of cramped very quickly. But yeah, I still miss her. How about you, Durham? How was your week? I'm good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's about it. I, <laughs> I didn't do anything. All I did was work. <laughs> uh, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to report. Um, I was going to watch Venom 2, but then the week got busy, so I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, in fact, I haven't been watching much of anything. I've just been. <laughs> I've just been like existing and working. That's that's pretty much it. Sometimes existing takes a lot. Yeah. Um, like it I takes mean, a lot to exist sometimes, especially in the world today. For real. So, like good job existing. Yes. And continuing it. Grateful to exist. Grateful to exist. Yeah. Uh yes, you, grateful to <laughs> Yes, grateful to exist. That, that's <laughs> what I am. Uh but also I'm grateful that uh, I was actually, I felt very productive this week. Um, got some work done. Um, I had a couple auditions come through, which is nice. Funny, you and, said you got some work done, but I don't see anything different about you, Jonathan. That doctor did a great job. You look fantastic. <laughs> okay. You, know, you look good. <laughs> I, right, ooh, you should have caught, y'all audience You know what, you my... know what, you pulled it on me, Jonathan. <laughs> For real, I did, I did. Jerome said, Jerome, right before we started hitting record, Jerome said, let me pull up. Let me pull up my audition. And I said, "Oh, what role are you going for?" I see you turned it back on me. You turned it back on me. He, he needed to regain his title. He did yes. very quickly. <laughs> but anyway, I got some. No, I don't know how to say it. I did some work. <laughs> Gigs. Is it still called a gig? Can it still be called a gig? Well, it's not necessarily, it's like work for like my job, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> that aside, um, Dune! I've been engaging, <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, I was going to say one last thing. Oh, I thought you were just going to go into the review, my bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I feel like I've been engaging in a lot of dark media lately. Like me and Alex just did a book review on a book called Everything We Didn't Say, where there's murders involved. Um, we watched Squid Game, obviously. I've been watching you season three. So a lot of just dark stuff, which I mean, it's, if any time is appropriate, October, Halloween, it's the appropriate time for that. But Dune wasn't, Dune wasn't as dark, thankfully. So, And that's what we're talking about today. Hey, Dune, the 2021. Dune! <laughs> Dune! The 2021 feature adaptation of Frank <laughs> Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. It stars an ensemble cast of many people, including Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, um, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, many, many people, Dave Bautista, an ensemble star-studded cast. This movie has been in the works for well, it hasn't been in the works for a while, but it's it's been on the back burner for well, a while. It has and hasn't. There have been ever since the 1984 Dune, they've been trying to redo Dune for like a long time to no effect. Like a lot of people, like you know, starting over and over, and uh, finally <laughs> they. They release a version, a newer version of Dune. So it's yes. like it's kind of been in the works, but just in different hands. It's no different than, which I am kind of sad, but I, I have no one to blame but myself because I also didn't watch the show when it came out. But uh, Why the Last Man, uh, comic book adaptation of one of my favorite comic books, has also had been in development hell for years, finally comes out on FX on Hulu. They get a first season and it's instantly canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what so, show? Why the Last Man? Why the Last Man? As in, like the letter. Oh, why the, the last letter? Man. Why? Oh, why the Last saw, Man? And then colon. That, the that's last on Hulu, man. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw advertisements on that, and I'm like, it looks so interesting, and I've been meaning to watch it. I completely forgot about Say, it. I, guess. I read the comic, and I didn't watch it. All right, <laughs> it's one of my favorite comic books of all time, comic series, and I didn't watch it either. So don't feel so bad. <laughs> I um, need to. I just did. I just haven't gotten around to it. I got a lot of stuff to watch. <laughs> yeah, including this. And this was actually supposed to be released almost a year ago, I believe, but mm-hmm. due to COVID, it got delayed. And uh, Jerome had the experience of watching it how it is supposed to be watched. Let me tell you something. On you want to know? You want to know what nostalgia is? Nostalgia is when you work at an IMAX theater for close to five years. Then you go watch a movie in IMAX and haven't been to an IMAX theater in a year and see that countdown start. They did the classic countdown that we used to be at our theater where it's like, well, it's standard for all the IMAX theaters. But I, as soon as I saw the countdown, I was like, <laughs> I'm not crying. It's just allergies. Like, there's, there's, pe- there's onions in here. <laughs> just like, remember? Yeah, I haven't seen that countdown like since. <laughs> I don't remember the last movie I saw in IMAX. I could probably look it up, but granted, yeah. uh, this was not like this was IMAX, but it wasn't like real deal IMAX, like the theater we used to work at, where it's like an yeah, IMAX like theater a built for that. One, mm-hmm. yeah, this is more like for the Regal. Um, the, uh, this was at the Regal Theater, so it's like a kind of like imitation IMAX, um, imitation. but still, it was, it was close enough. <laughs> yeah, it was like weak IMAX. <laughs> Ain't that pure stuff? <laughs> 
Uh, full disclosure for this episode, I will not be giving a grade because I did not watch the movie. I watched, I watched the start of it, and that was it. I can. <laughs> yeah, you'll be the Jonathan of this the, episode. The perks like, of uh, HBO same Max. Same thing happened with Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> Dude, like Where, the amount I had to go through to watch that one was like a lot and this one i was like and to be fair this movie is like three hours long it's so. two and, yeah, long. Yeah. and i will two say hours. this out of like everything that i did watch everything that i did see the main thing and i mentioned this to jonathan earlier the main thing that bothered me the hero or the main character or the prince or whatever he was the heir his name's is paul? His name's paul yeah it's see paul. i see that i knew that you're gonna say that i because already he, knew well you knew me you know started. me you know me <laughs> Like the mom, like there's Jessica and Paul Duncan, and then they'll have like a cool like. Listen, this movie, this book was written in 1965. Okay, I'm sorry. Was in 1965 was Paul a cool name to have? Jessica is actually kind of a modern name for 1965. That's actually very true. And also, you love a show where a dude's named Kirk. Kirk. His first name isn't Kirk. His first name's James. That's even more boring. <laughs> James is an attractive name. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not Paul. It is exactly. not Paul. Don't you, don't you give me that. <laughs> Paul is such a generic name. It sounds like it was a p- place filler. And then he forgot. And he sent the book to his publisher. And then he was like, oh, well, it's there. What other name has <laughs> he been, didn't have a flow like F, Paul Atreides? No other name has a flow like Paul Atreides? Paul, Paul Atreides has a flow. It has a flow. It does not. It does. Paul Atreides. You can say it easy. You can't say Jerome Atreides very easy. Right. It's got one syllable. Paul. Paul. (laughs) Paul. I'm more more attuned to two-syllable names. I like two-syllable names. At least two-syllable names more than um, one-syllable names. Yeah, Alex doesn't count. Or, uh, why was I about to say Alex is a one? Alex is a two syllable. <laughs> yeah, about to say it is two syllables. What you mean? <laughs> you the only one who ain't got two syllables. John, nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, you got three. Right. No, but I, as opposed to one syllable names, I like two or more syllable names. <laughs> especially anyway. when you have, especially when you have a pet, because. Then you're able to call them. Anyway, now that is, this don't got nothing. That to do is with the me. one thing I I was like, man, Jonathan's gonna love because I as of late I recently rewatched the night in preparation for this review. I rewatched. Um, I didn't get to finish the whole thing, but I've seen the movie before. I just wanted to refresh my memory of the 1984 Dune because that's also an HBO Max. And I was like, man, Jonathan's gonna love the new Dune because in 1984 Dune they have a pug as a pet. Oh really? And around. Yeah. And then in this movie, no pug. I was like, dang, they, they, they erased the pug from the Dune? I mean, there's no pugs in Dune, like the original book. <laughs> that was an addition for the movie. But oh. still, it's like you can keep one thing, keep the pug. <laughs> I like pugs now. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Jerome, what were your overall thoughts? And for anyone who doesn't know, whether it's your first time listening or watching us, we do a section where we first talk about our overall thoughts. In Alex's case, you will listen to our overall thoughts and add any necessary commentary. And then we remind you or warn you rather that we're going to spoilers. So then we will lay out all the spoilers on the table. So Jerome, what did you think of the movie? Uh, I liked it. I really did. Um, I think it's a pretty great 
high concept sci-fi movie i uh, in fact we don't get a lot of those that aren't just like the franchises you know like star trek or uh star wars um and then like the superhero films like i guess you can consider those high concept sci-fi but superheroes like its own genre um but nonetheless like so it's just, it's nice to see another one that's different and if anything to see the originator because a lot of things pull from Dune that are the sci-fi stuff we love now. So, like, to see kind of the OG um, uh, sci-fi, like, high-concept co- high sci-fi story, like, come to life is kind of cool. Also, because uh, I've seen the 1984 Dune, it's nice to see Dune when the technology is able to portray it the way it should be portrayed. Because the only reason 1984 Dune sucks is because they didn't have the technology, as far as the CG goes, to do Dune yet. Um, now they can do it, and it looks, and all the CG in this looks really good. But not only that, all the practical stuff also looks immaculate. It looks really good. And uh, the acting was also pretty on point. Uh, my only criticisms from my like general thoughts is, A, I think it is dangerous for this movie to be part one of two (laughs) i get why it is but it's like we've talked in this podcast a a lot about the idea of like making a movie with the plans to do another one afterwards instead of just doing a complete story the first time um but i get it dune's a big book there's it's very dense um and to that point the other thing i would say as far as a criticism for my general thoughts is like i was able to kind of keep up with it but the first chunk of this movie is a lot of exposition to explain a lot of things because there's so much going on and they, they have to explain to you a lot of history and like, who, who's this person? Who's that person? Who, where do they come from? What's the spice? What's this, what's this Which really you know, quick, really you know, quick. group? Like, you know what I mean? It's a lot. It's a lot in the first 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> really quick, which always annoys me when certain movies do that with plans of sequels because they'll eventually do a prequel that explains all of that. And that part of the movie didn't need to happen at all because then you actually have a separate movie. Yeah, but they only ever do the prequel when the like movie is successful. So this is like they don't know if this is going to be successful or not. So they're they're counting their chickens uh, now before they roost, basically. But otherwise, you know, uh, those things aside, without getting into spoilers, I still did enjoy the movie. For me personally, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, so Dune's right up my alley. And uh, as far as like watching a part two, I definitely watch a part two. So that's my yeah. thoughts. So I am admittedly not a huge sci-fi watcher and I feel like I interacted with this movie just as I expected to interact with it in that I wasn't completely overall invested in it. I approached it more from the fact that I liked the cast more than I was interested in the actual storyline or the actual concept of the movie in and of itself. And I guess in marketing a movie and getting stars attached, it's kind of the point, that's kind of what Hollywood does nowadays is that, you know, they find the stars and then worry about all the other stuff later so that they can get people to watch the movie. But I thought it was, it it was good. It was not personally my, again, cup of tea. And I feel like if I were more of a sci-fi fanatic, I would have engaged with it a little differently. 
um, like you were saying, Jerome, at the beginning, it was for me, I think I, again, I got the gist of the relationships at first, but there were points in the movie when I was like, wait, which, which side is Dave Bautista on? Okay. Oh, he's on this side. Which, which side is this person on? And there were just inner working like relationships that I was a little bit like, okay, which is that? Especially since, you know, this, I feel like Dune in the sci-fi world is unique in that it's not based off of, um, it's not part of a franchise that people necessarily are like, like a Harry Potter or a um, Star Wars or a Star Trek or anything like that. It's just a standalone type thing, even though they have, we looked it up, 30 something books. But um, <laughs> universe, and that's right. not even a joke. That's a literal thing because we, yes. we counted them. There's like thirty nine books. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah, I I interacted with it, and why don't I keep saying interacted with it? I watched it just how I thought I would watch. No, it. you interacted. You felt it. You were in there. Right, right. And I watched it on HBO Max, and I appreciate that HBO Max provided the opportunity for you to watch it from home, even though in all the marketing they've been saying watch it in theaters. Um, But I didn't hate it, but I didn't like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I love this. I can't wait for what's happening. There were certain parts that I liked, the cinematography and the overhead shots, especially when they're going over the dunes, are amazing. some of the aspects of it, like the killer worms, were incredible as well. Some of those aspects were really caught my eye. Um, but overall, that's how I that's how I felt about the movie. Cool. And Jerome, I will hand it over to you to transfer to the next section because my DoorDash order is here. <laughs> okay. Hmm, so, uh, spoiler <laughs> section. Here we go. Um, my thing to expand on the density of the exposition honestly is that the because there's so much because it's like you're dealing with like it's it's just like when I, I remember watching game of thrones for the first time and game of thrones throws you just right in where you learn about the lannisters and the starks and the uh, the targaryens and like what the relationships are and everything it's a lot at one time but because you know it's a show, you're going to get time to kind of get to know these people versus the movie uh, like Dune. You, you, they kind of throw you in a little even deeper than Game of Thrones does, because at least Game of Thrones slowly introduces you to each house. So you get to know them and get some interaction. And this they're just like, this is House of Atreides. I'm sorry, who are these people? And don't worry about that. Uh, This is their relationship. And they're already like having dialogue like we know who these people are. And they try their best because the 1984 movie did it did it worse. 1984 movie starts with like just this late literally a lady looking at camera telling you (laughs) telling you the exposition. And then everybody has narration. Paul has it, his dad has it. Uh, Jessica has it like every single almost every character has their own narration to explain what they're thinking what they're talking about in fact the king 
or the emperor in the begin in the very beginning of the movie after this lady is done explaining exposition to you just looking at you then the emperor comes on and explains more exposition and tells you the plot and it's just like yes i betrayed how like uh i'm sending house Atreides to dune or to arrakis and then uh, i also betrayed them though this is actually a ruse because i'm going to give the uh, uh house harkonnen the spice and then yada 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 i'm like so why do I need to watch this movie? You're telling me the plot as I'm watching it. So you they thought that's they, how they could get over the beginning. Because, like, again, the beginning was Yeah. Not, and <laughs> so, also, the beginning was really intense, I felt, for no reason. Because you didn't know everything yet. And that's one of the reasons I, I started laughing. It was not funny moments at the beginning. <laughs> and I understand that. But what you're saying kind of feels like the same thing. It's, like, almost like they expected me to know. Like somebody had already given me this uh, dialogue from like the 1980s movie, because when he does, uh, I did watch the scene where he, the Oscar Isaac, yeah, uh, whatever, uh, Leto, 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 does the signing and puts, or I'm sorry, does the sigil press. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Puts the it ring so, into the. Yeah, but because I knew nothing of what was going, I I'm aware of Dune. I'm aware of what Dune is, and the parodies of Dune. Uh, when that occurred, and because I had no knowledge of everything you just said, that makes a little more sense, actually. Somebody may have just stood there talking to me and helped. <laughs> um, it was such an intense moment, and when he's pushing the ring down, and the queen lady, Jessica, whatever she is, mm-hmm. like, looks around so worriedly, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I'm not in this with you. I don't feel the worry you feel. I have so no idea. That is supposed to be left a mystery because you later find out that the Bene Gesserit are, they're essentially Jedi. They're more, they're just all female Jedi more or less. And not that they have like, um, that they can like, you know, move things with their mind and stuff like that. Uh, I only say it that way because you can, as I was watching the movie, I'm like, is this where the force comes from? Cause this is like the force. There's so many points where I'm just like, he's using the force. That's that's what, that's what he's doing. But they have to they have to command it. And the difference between this is that they have to verbalize it with their with their with what's called with their the words. voice. Which even right. then, that's a Star Wars thing. Because remember in Star Wars when Obi Wan Kenobi's like, these aren't the droids you're looking for, and then and then the stormtroopers like follow that command. Like I'm like, that's that's the force. <laughs> You're using the force. But granted, Dune came out first. I'm sure George Lucas just read the book and then was like, oh, that's cool. I'll expand on that, though. Like, it's not just going to be a voice. And that became thing. the most popular, gonna... well known. <laughs> right. Uh, um, power. But uh, yeah, so the bit, like, so uh, to explain it to you, Alex, like, there's, there's multiple factions and houses. Um, as far as like who we're dealing with, because there's like a bunch of other houses in the Dune universe, but the ones that are important to this story is House Atreides, which is the main characters, and House Arconan, who are like their main competition, kind of, um, for uh, production of spice, which is on planet Arrakis. On Arrakis, there's the Fremen, who are like native, kind of like how like, and the way they look at it, they look at House Atreides the way we... Uh, you know, through history class, look at like the English coming over to America. Like the Fremen in that analogy would be like the Native Americans. They live here and these people are coming over to exploit their Take land their and hunt us down. And so they're trying to fight back. But of course, because they know the land, they're super good at killing uh, their oppressors. 
but the and their previous oppressors were House Harkonnen, but now the emperor, the emperor on paper, it looks like he's giving. He's like, hey, Harkonnen, y'all can't be over there mining no more spice. Y'all gotta leave. I'm giving it to House Atreides now, and House Atreides is like, that's cool, but you know what? We heard what happened to the Fremen. Uh, we're going to make friends. You know, we're going to go there and yes, we're going to mine some spice, but it'd be easier if we're actually cool with the people who already live there. But of course, it's a trap. And uh, the emperor actually wants to destroy House Atreides because they're like, people like House Atreides. They're too nice and people actually mess with them. And they don't mess with me like that. That's too much power for any one man to have. So I'm going to have them go to Arrakis, but... Then I'm going to have the Harkonnen and us bring our armies together and attack them and destroy them all at one time. Because they have good social skills. They The Emperor wants them dead. Basically, he's jealous. Dude, yes. he's maybe jealous just like their- take a class on small talk or something. <laughs> <laughs> I also, side note, I realized why they were, while I was watching it, why there were uh, so many people of color on Arrakis. Because they got the spice, they got the seasoning. Everybody wants it now. So I, that, there was a scene where Paul is out the helicopter, and then he's about to leave, and then he smells the spice. And I was like, "Yeah, you smell the old bay, don't you, boy? Mm-hmm, you like that, don't <laughs> you? Like that spice?" And they literally the spices that they showed literally looked like it looks like seasoning. it looks like some Cajun spice just floating in the air. I was like, hold on, let me get some crawfish. I'll be right back. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's not good to get into your lungs. Actually, yeah, well, that there was is a, a thing. That was a plot yeah, point. that's a thing that they, if you absorb enough spice, your eyes will be blue. And then Timothy Chalamet, Paul, he has like an allergic reaction to it or something. He he like, he's like special. He has like a special case where he, he is like. It helps him see the future something. better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I took acid to help me see the future better, I didn't do it. Though. You could admit that Sometimes on live <laughs> Zoom. Look, I, as I tell people, I've lived a long time—not a long life, a long time. You've done things. <laughs> I did it once. Why are you saying that like you're immortal or something? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I'm saying it like lived a long time, not a long life. So short. I'm, I've lived, all right? Let's leave it at that. Um, well, like, I'm still saying you shouldn't be snorting sand or spice or magical well, chemicals. Well, the thing is, is that Correct. you uninherently snort it because it's like, it's basically in the sand. So as the sand kicks up or whatever, it's just floating in the air and you're just absorbing it, basically. So but, quick question. So this is the literal, just it's the sand of the planet. Kind of, or yes. is it something in the no, ground it's that in they the have? To... No, it's in the sand. It's not. It's, it's not the sand. It's like it's like another mineral. It's mixed. that's like mixed in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you say that, I was like, so wait, dune. I know it's part of, but they c- keep calling it mining. So I was like, wait, now is it the sand? Okay, so it's part of the sand. There's particles in the sand. Mm-hmm. Got it. I'm with you. That is so. called the spice. Yes. Yeah. Planet yeah. spicy. All right, I got it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. I like, which funny enough, I like, as I was thinking about it driving home, because I just, I literally just got out the theater. I went to see the 320 showing and got out at 620 and then immediately came here to record this podcast. So it's still fresh in my mind. And one almost, of the things, that's almost the same as me. The one I things, tried to do that. I couldn't. <laughs> that just like in my head, I'm like, man, 
You know, I get they're doing the book like pretty faithfully from what I hear, but there's some things I'm like, I don't know if that age as well. Because <laughs> because the story because Lady Jessica's story, especially, I'm just like, I don't know about that. Cause the Benny Jesuit's whole thing is that it's a whole series of ladies who have magic powers, like among the stars. Like some of them can predict the future and do other things. Um, and Lady Jessica in particular, like it, the way they make it seem, because I don't know much about Dune, the world of Dune, uh, the Duneverse, no, if you will. Duneverse. Duneverse. Um, but uh, uh, like it makes it seem like Lady Jessica is like one Benny Jesuit, like uh, witch who was assigned to Duke Leto. And, but there's many others who are assigned to other people in different houses and are supposed to produce heirs. But there's a rule amongst the Benny Jesuit that it has to be, you have to produce women. And she instead like produces Paul and, and, but is teaching him like powers because he's technically part Benny Jesuit. And so I'm just like, so the whole thing is like, yeah, it's like normally women can do these magic powers, but the first man to do these powers, like he's dope though. He's, he's like, he's a legendary, legendary person. All right. And I'm just like, that feels a bit like very old fashioned that it's like out of this long lineage of magical women when the first man comes up that's when the game is changed <laughs> well it is interesting that because i didn't know that aspect of the backstory behind um they prefer for women to be born that is that is progressive that's a progressive storyline because usually it's the storyline of it's the other way around right right yeah. it's usually the male that that the society prefers to be born. Um, so in that aspect, it's 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 progressive. <laughs> I guess. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, this is, it's always old sci-fi that it's like, no, you don't understand. Once the man gets involved, he's the one who's going to save the day. <laughs> the Granted, though, Z- uh, Zendaya's he- character, Shawnee, is like supposed to be like also this badass in her own right. So. Mm-hmm. Who It'll got very out. little screen time, but see, <laughs> but the, I, at the end, at the end, she did get some screen time, and she got her, and her moment. I time. expected that because I know the director, uh, Denis. I I always have been saying Villeneuve, but maybe it's Villeneuve. Um, either way, uh, he's the director who did uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine as well, which is probably why they trusted him to do Dune because they're like, you revived that sci-fi franchise that like nobody's doing anything with. So did he though? Uh yeah, I mean it made tons of money. Alex's face then, could be a meme right now. Like it's I, just, I, I, I didn't know there was another blade. Wait. No, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Was that with Harrison Ford? Mm-hmm. Oh. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. He did yeah, like the you. new movie, but off of that movie came like a little like some shorts to go with that movie. And a whole bunch of new comic books have come out. Like Blade Runner's gotten a slight revitalization. Not so much to get like another movie after 2049, but still, like stuff is coming out it's that's Blade Runner centric. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just being a cult classic that like film nerds know about. So um, and in that movie, on all the posters, Harrison Ford, front and center. Everybody already knew Harrison Ford is going to be in the movie. He's in the trailer. And you know when Harrison Ford shows up in the movie that he started at like the last, the third act near the yeah, end? Yeah, he wasn't in it for very long. So I, I knew, I was like, all these stars in this movie are not going to be in it long. 
I, right. I already know that. Like Oscar Isaac, he's not really in the movie for that long. Well, he was in it for a good amount of time. After he was that. in it for and a good. He got like, a good arc as well. In the beginning, uh, he's in it for a good chunk of the beginning. Um, what is it? Jason Momoa is Dave, also barely in the movie. He, he's barely. Dave Bautista's in it. barely in it too. Like, there's a lot of actors in here that are like really big that are not used for very long, mostly because that's the role in the book. But also because, like, De- Denis is, like, the type of director who's like, I don't care who you are. Like, your character is your character. If you're going to be, I'm going to use you the way you need to be used. I'm not going to, be like, focus on giving you more screen time because you're so famous. Then why get such famous person to play such little parts? Well, because they know it's Dune. The name. And the only person who, like, yeah, who's, like, who who are really excited about Dune, if they hadn't hired, like, big name actors, would have been people who've seen the original movie or hardcore sci-fi nerds who have read the books. And people who are fans <laughs> of these people, they see, oh, Dave Bautista is going to be in it? That's and what I mean. That's what I'm saying. The That's how they're going to get the uh, everybody else <laughs> to go watch yeah, Dude. Because yeah. they're like, Jason Momoa? Oh, I love Jason Momoa. I'm an Aquaman fan. I'm going to watch that movie. <laughs> Blank. I missed him. Where'd he go? Yeah, he's right. <laughs> but but you could not miss jason momoa when he was clean shaven that was jarring okay i did not expect that (laughs) i see it's here's the thing though it's not that jarring for me because i've seen conan where he's like clean clean shaven at least in this movie he still has like some five o'clock shadow he's got a little bit of stubble you know he looks like he's like shaved but he hasn't like freshly shaved conan he's baby faced no hair (laughs) it's so weird to see Jason Momoa with like no type of facial hair at all. I've never seen either of those. <laughs> this Dune or Conan. Speaking of Jason Momoa, when he was, when the guards thought that he had died and he, they were looking the other way and he creeped up, crept up behind them and was like, ah, and then killed them. I'm like, man, you just blew your cover. You did not need to scream. Could have just like assassinated silently. <laughs> well, I mean, silently. after he stabs the first one, like it's already a wrap anyway. So what's it matter? After he murders one, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, they're going to know at that point. They're going to be like, oh, snap, Steve got stabbed. Who was that? <laughs> Steve should have done a better job. So, you know, it's a, it's a wrap, you know. Um, <laughs> Although in my head I'm like, wait, but you had all these visions, so he's he's not dead, right? <laughs> uh, sorry, spoilers what? for you, Alex. I, I'm sorry if you were going to watch. I don't think I can watch it honestly because, <laughs> as I, I've said multiple times, if there's not a strong intro or a, a captivating intro, I'm not going to stick with stuff I, because my yeah. brain does. Sometimes I'll stick with it because I know we have to do something for the podcast or it, yeah, something like that. But other times it's like my brain's just like, we're not interested. Even if it gets exciting, I still won't stick with it because my brain's just like, nope. This movie admittedly does take a long time to get to the action, but I get it because it's like the the whole point of this movie. You know what this movie reminds me of? It reminds me of the last uh, of Hunger Games. What's the last like? series was that mockingbird mocking jay yeah mocking jay thank you uh it reminds me of hungry mocking jay part one because part one is a lot of setup because it has to be like they have to get a lot of stuff out the way so that in part two it can be all action we already know who the characters are we know who like the new characters are we know where our characters are at as far as like what their relationships are and why they're in the positions they're in all that stuff. 
but they have to get it out. They have to like get all that done. The difference is Mockingjay ain't that long of a book and realistically they could have actually cut a lot of that fluff. <laughs> so they did it with her. They saw they'd made it money with like Harry Potter, Twilight, Mocking, uh, Hunger Games. They all split that last one just to make yeah, another. Yeah, Dune another actually movie. is a dense book with a lot of mystery to explain. Um, mm. So they had to explain, they have to take time to explain it and they know they don't have any other time to do so. Ex- ex- unless it's the beginning of this film before they get well, into let's- Let's set it up. What was, I'll ask Jerome and then I'll go into mine. What was your favorite scene and kind of describe it for Alex and maybe anyone who's- <laughs> We've already described the plot, so that's there. Um, uh, my favorite part is probably once like the Harkonnens attack because that's when like the plot gets started. <laughs> and up until that point, it's all just like, set up and there's some funny moments in there i was like, surprised to find some of the humor most of it dealing with oscar isaac who just he, and he jason great, momoa he was very yeah he, he had some comedic lines as well. yeah the two of them have great comedic timing so i expected that from both of them um but uh josh brolin also does a good job in here you know i i don't feel like josh brolin's gonna get much shine <laughs> in uh when people talk about this movie, just because he plays kind of like a role who's just supposed to be the serious soldier guy, um, but he was actually pretty cool too. I liked I liked his role playing Gurney. Uh, he lives up to because uh, the in the nineteen eighty four film, uh, uh, dang it, what's his name? I know his name. <laughs> he plays Professor X in the X Men. Um, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Yes, Patrick Stewart played Gurney in the oh. original Dune. So, uh, Josh Brolin, uh, he doesn't have, you know, the Shakespearean accent, but he does have the attitude. And, uh, so I think he does, he does him proud. Um, but yeah, I, uh, that was my favorite scene when the Harkonnens attack. Cause then like, you know, you get the explosions, you get a lot of action. The shields confuse me <laughs> though. Yeah. It's oh, like, those things our- that were like. Right, I remember those. Yeah, like push when it you get like, stabbed, you, like glitches, and, and you can still stab turns. through them. So in my head, I'm like, right. what's the point? <laughs> you might as well not have I, them at all. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. So they use that throughout the movie as actual shields. I assume that was like a training one, so you no, don't actually get hurt, but it shows the vibration of like, hey, I hit you, so you glitched. I thought, I thought that, was that like a too. Tra- no, you just have shields. Like oh. that, that's the shields they go into battle with. But I'm like, you can stab through them. People stab through them. And at first it was like, when the blade is slow, then it'll, then that's how you can get through. But I'm like, people in this do quick cuts and get through no problem. (laughs) During the big battle scene, we just see all those people and you just see all these red and blue glitches. Mm. I'm like, how do you know who, how how do you know if you're actually like stabbing the person? Also, that's probably a good thing I didn't finish it because I can trigger like my photos. Oh no, it was never it was never that bad. Where it's like flashing lights, like most of the oh. time you see it, like it goes by super quick. But it's just one of those things where I was like, I feel like these shields ain't worth a damn. It reminds me of like in World War One, like soldiers wore helmets, but you could still shoot through them. So it's like, what was the point? <laughs> it's like almost what's the point of having these? Um, my favorite part was probably, I had two, um, and they were probably in the beginning, towards the beginning. Uh, I feel like that's where, that's where I enjoyed the most of the movie towards the beginning. 
And uh, my first was when Paul is essentially getting tested. He has to put his hand into the box. Oh, that's and, a good one. Yeah. yeah, and whatever type pain the lady is inflicting on him, he can't move, otherwise he'll die. Or, or he can't move his hand off the box, otherwise he'll die. Um, I really like that scene. That was intense. And I also like the scene when they are, when the first worm is about to come and they had um, just first landed on uh, Arrakis and they have to get back on board. I really liked the visuals and all of that. And I like seeing the worm. When they first mentioned the worm, they showed like the image of it. I was like, bring on the worm. I want to, I hope we get some good worms. You'll see plenty of worms. There's more coming. you know what though? Funny enough, I didn't know that was like a. I didn't know that was like a thing or like a, a main selling point of the movie. Bring on the worms! <laughs> the worms never are cool. Really, I uh, never been mentioned before that that was a selling point for it. Uh, the box scene also was. I was like, oh, Timothy Chalamet is going to act today. That's cool. Right? <laughs> oh, there was movie, no special effects. Because most of this movie, he's very stoic, and I don't know if that's because that's the character. I haven't read the book, so I can't say if that's the character. But at least, like the 1984 movie, you feel like like uh, Paul has personality. Like he's a cool kid, you know. But you know, when he needs to be serious, like when he's in battle and stuff, he's serious. In this. Paul is just so like sad and depressed almost all the time. Either that or like take he's super serious about everything. The only times he's not is that scene and when he's hanging out with Duncan. But I feel like anybody acting opposite Jason Momoa, you can't help but smile because the man is just like uh, like joy incarnate. Like he's just he's like I'm having a good time. I don't care what anybody says. I'm I'm doing good. It's great because like no yeah because when a giant person human being is not only like 10 feet and like really strong but suddenly they have the you know inside of like the sweetest person you'll ever meet those people are like the greatest people ever i love like just being around those type of people that they you look mildly scary <laughs> you look like you can like ki- kick punt me but at the same time you are probably scared of spiders so it's great now great um I, you know, and, and like, I'm just really trying to just like, I'm just taking the piss out on, uh, on Timothy Chalamet. But, um, the reality is like, he's actually a very good actor. It's just, it's just, they don't like he, in this movie, he's very one note for a lot of it. It reminds me of like Ryan Gosling in, um, first uh, man, first man. Yes. Where it's like, he's supposed to be very reserved, but when you're reserved for so long in the movie, it is like a thing where you're like, okay, I'm kind of bored with this guy. Like, like I'm kind of bored of this character because I don't get much out out of you outside of just, um, you know, what I, I mean, that's I, it. Yeah, I well, the first part I did see with him, and I agree with you, he was very dry. I think even the scenes with Jason Momoa, he was still very dry because he's like, oh, I'm dreaming about death, your death particularly, so now I need to do all this stuff. I think what they tried to do from the original one, again, I have not seen the original one, and I just sit in these parts, is that they tried to give him a more, more regal status or mm. sta- stance where he's like, I'm very proper. This is what I've been trained to do from birth. And like the pushing feel of like being an heir, I think I would have liked him to see be more childish around like Duncan, who was like, um, like his friend, right? They were just kind of like Duncan friends. is like his friend and, and teacher. 
where he gets to like have that moment of I'm not a heir with this person. I'm definitely just a friend and have that like intensity slip. But even still, there was such so much intensity and tightness to his character that you didn't get to really feel any personality. So I totally get what you're saying with that. They kind of stripped it of him by trying to make him seem more proper. He had no like layers to him. It's he's the heir. That's it. Hey, I think he, he had a weird lot dreams. To, I think because in the in the plot he had a lot to prove. Like everyone was underestimating him, and maybe that was one of the reasons so, for his like stoic. What are you nature. gonna do? You're stoic and serious all the time. Nobody takes you seriously. What are you gonna do? Become more stoic and serious? <laughs> also, oh, yeah. one of the one of the things that I was thinking of is okay. This is my thing with just a lot of um, fantasy movies, uh, sci-fi movies that take place in, um, especially like the future. Ain't nobody smiles in the future. Like, is everybody always just like- Listen, when you be out serious in the heat, and eventually you stop smiling too. Like, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot out there in the desert. I mean, you, it's hot honestly, to smile. think back- Think back to LA. Was I smiling at all at you guys? I was saying, when that hitting you, bro, you just gotta, sometimes you just you, be sitting back. Like, so, but they've de- <laughs> that's why they've developed those still suits. What are they called? Still suits? That's why they've so. developed. Yes, that's why they developed the still suits so they can counteract the heat. We've yeah, but you can so only drink your society. sweat and, and tears for so long, Jonathan, <laughs> until you just get tired of it. I get that. I would be. Uh, <laughs> I think because a lot of the sci-fi movies, you don't see, like, average people. You see, like, more from the, you know, in the political houses. Right, the government, the royalty, whatever. Or Or, they're, like, on the space team or something like like that. Or you see them, like, in war. Most Uh sci-fi stories are, like, in battle. I want to see a sci-fi movie of just us. like Watch Star Trek. Then you'll see us. The the Jetsons. No, no, the Jetsons. They're sci-fi. Or the Jetsons. Uh, although my theory still stands that below them is the Flintstones. <laughs> and I agree. It's a good social class. Um, also, yeah, no, Star Trek, also if you want that, us. watch her. Her is I that. have seen her. Yeah. But no, that's that's in the near future, though. I want something in, like, what was this year? 100, uh, it's 10,191, it? yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> her is the near future. Her is, like, 2050 or something. Although... Uh, Skip like skipping a bit to the end, but we'll we'll jump back or we'll ju- kind of just jumping around anyway. Uh, when that dude challenges Lady Jessica, not Javier Bardem's character, but the black guy, um, who's like uh, who's like, no, y'all weak. I want like I want challenger, but uh, if she wants to stay here, and Paul steps up, and that dude's talking all that trash. And I wanted Paul to be like, little did you know, you just challenged that so Raven to a fight. You fit in the lose, yes. big fella. <laughs> I was, why was I thinking of that so Raven during, during this movie? You 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 why doing was... battle with Raven Simone? Bring it on, <laughs> Raven Baxter, bruh. <laughs> Wait, was she in this movie? No, no. Paul can see the future, so he automatically is gonna lose the fight. Oh, he can see every move he's gonna make before he makes it. <laughs> that uh, I oh, hey, no. I would have been more Raven invested Simone if Raven Simone and Paul Baxter, a... like, or Paul Baxter. Paul Baxter. <laughs> Paul Baxter! <laughs> I like it. No, Raven, ba- Raven Baxter's Paul Atreides, I would have been down for that. 
<laughs> so is it possible that Dune and That's the Raven take place in the same universe? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <gasps> that's his, that, no, that's her descendants. <laughs> no, 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 that's her descendants. Like it's in the, it's I believe that the it was like that Paul like, is white, white. There's no way he is a descendant of Raven Simone. <laughs> Of Look, it is like centuries well, Oscar, and centuries and Oscar centuries Isaac, and centuries. Oscar Isaac is Latino, so that that's true. I'll give you that. And he plays <laughs> Timothy Chalamet's dad, so and he. Funny enough, all the actors do a really good job with the little bit of time they are on screen. Any of them, Zendaya even Zendaya is only in the ending of this movie, and she does a fantastic job. Like, I mean, she does like the narration in the beginning, but past that, as and far as like appears- on screen time, like. She's actually like really good. Um, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see her in part two. I hope this movie does well. It's done well overseas. We'll see after this weekend how it's doing in the states because of you know HBO Max. Um, but uh, I think if it does well in their state here in the states, they'll approve because I don't think they've approved yet a part two like actually like being filmed yet. Which is that's the other thing is that it's like if you're going to do I get why the do he did Dune as two parts cuz there's a lot the book is very long there's a lot to do but at the same time like banking your movie on hey we going to get a part 2 is very risky and dangerous because this movie alone took forever to make and get approved yeah. and you know get the budget for and everything else and now, and like, so to do that again, the studio has to see some major return before they green light a sequel. Well, it's so hard to like try to pitch a movie that bombed so hard. Dune is noted as a, a movie that has bombed so hard that they make jokes about it. The Simpsons did one where it was like Sands of Heart. Where Krusty tries to remake to do that book back in the eighties and how bad it bombed. So and what to was it called? Pitch, Sands of Heart. I think it was called Sands of Heart or something like that. The book Krusty the Clown had in the show, <laughs> and I've seen other uh, shows that they have like these actors, you know, in the show who are like, "I want to make this movie. This will be the crowning career move." And it's a book that mimics Dune, where it's a sci-fi, sand-heavy movie, and so. It, the idea that you can try to even pitch that be like, I know it bombed and I know out there in shows and TVs and other movies, they parody how bad it bombed. Like, let me try, let give me a try to even try to suggest that I, I can't even imagine that. And then be like, Oh yeah. And I got all these good named actors playing tiny roles just to kind of get in that other crowd. Like we talked about, like with um, Incredibles, no Invincibles. Yeah. Invincibles. Invincibles. They kind of did the same thing. You follow some some people literally just follow a name. They don't even know what they're in. They'll just follow the name. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's been so many remakes, especially recently, a lot too, that have just bombed tragically to, to even suggest a remake, even though they keep doing them. I think that's another, like, why I think they're running out of ideas, To be quite honest, I think they're running out. <laughs> they Which side out. note, Invincible. Great show. I like that looking was. back at it. Great show. Um, I can't wait for season two. Same. I, th- like on that on on that note, um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia and it says the film was generally well received for its visuals, scope, and ambition. That's the first time I've ever seen in a what, review. What the 1984 movie or this movie? No, this one. Okay. 
Because I was about to say, 1984 movies, visuals is trash. No. <laughs> they did, they, this they is, did the best they, they the could best for the time there. still just like, this ain't good enough. <laughs> this ain't, this this is, ain't good enough this is probably This is probably the first time I've seen in a review, it's praised for its ambition. So... I mean, if that I feel says like, anything, I mean, I feel like that doesn't bode well. Like looking at <laughs> like looking at dig. this movie, there's so much because there's so much going on in this film as far as like in the visuals department. And while we're talking about that, like I gotta say, this movie delivers on the visuals. There's some epic stuff in this movie that I'm like, that looks awesome. Not just the sand, the stuff that's supposed to be big, like the sandworm, but even the small stuff, like seeing the Harkonnens. Uh, uh, like fortress and stuff and him in like the black goo and stuff like that when he is flying it doesn't look as ridiculous as it did in the 1984 movie um, and the props the props looked really yeah. realistic the little mechanics and all the mechanisms mechanisms that they had and the tools and all that stuff they looked really realistic yeah also costumes let me tell you something I want that coat that Paul was wearing though when he was walking around in the in the Next to the caskets, that black trench coat he had, I was like, "Yo, that's dope." I don't, if nothing else, is that coat on sale? And where can I buy it? <laughs> probably, and I'm not sure, but it's probably on. Amazon. I, I want feel that like coat. You can just like Google it, but it's like it's a good looking jacket. Son's coat. I was like, "Man, you look good in that jacket, though." <laughs> like, yes. I don't think a very few people could not look good in that jacket. Like, it's it's a good looking jacket. I was like, the costume department on this movie, top notch. They did a great job. Um, yes, Halloween costumes this year are going to be Squid Games and that jacket. No, it's probably just going to be I just Squid Game. Yeah, <laughs> just Squid Game. It's next just Squid year. Game. Like that's pretty much it. That and whatever sexy costume is hot this year, like to do. I don't know what it'll be. Maybe it's sexy just hot Squid, squid Game. game uh, sexy Squid staff Game. Member. <laughs> sexy Squid Staff Member. It's just a pink that bikini and the mask. <laughs> That is horrifying thoughts that I wish not have in my head. Um, yeah, I yeah, the visuals department in this is great, and it is ambitious. Um, I, me personally, I hope it does well, mostly because I want to see like what the vision is going to be for the next chapter of the story, um, and and also what they're going to do with like the big cast. Because so far, like the the the, the surviving members they're are like Amir Bardem and Zendaya. Uh, but it's like we already lost Jason Momoa. <laughs> I don't know if we lost, we've Oscar lost Isaac. Uh, Josh Brolin yet. Yeah, Oscar Isaac is gone. <laughs> He's done. So it's like, who knows? But and I like the way he went out. He went out well. He did go out like a G. Heroically. Mm-hmm. He went out with dignity. Yeah. Yes. The the guy who basically sacrificed him and, and killed him uh, gave him a, a, a tooth, a fake tooth, with so a- that gas in it with, yeah. yeah with like gas in it so that when the other guy the the leader of the whatever I, the I harkonnen the name. i, I the just harkonnen. like i won't lie y'all lost me at the guy who gave him the fake tooth <laughs> because <laughs> like, like you I, I understand you two saw the movie but as somebody who did not get to those There's parts a, so leading with gave him the fake tooth you know it's very like like <laughs> there's so there's a there's he's a like dude so he can die like, with a good smile betray, there's a guy like, who like betrays house atreides that's how the harkonnens can get in and attack them like in the dead of night and uh this but he's also a doctor and so he uh poisons oscar isaac uh and oscar isaac is dying slowly 
but as he's dying he's like look just in case things don't work out because the deal is that like the harkonnens have his wife which is why he betrays them so he's like the deal was i i give them you and they'll release my wife but in case that don't work out here's a fake tooth bite down on it and it'll release a poison gas and you and if he gets close you can release it on him and poison him and kill him and oscar's isaac is like i mean i'm gonna die anyway whatever <laughs> So later, what if you bit an apple wrong? No, no he's already like, on even... his way to be sent to death. He's not gonna right, have a meal no, and nothing like, on the way there. They're not gonna be like, well, before you does. die, here's this steak. No, <laughs> it's like no, no. Or like, you know how you sneeze and sometimes you bite your tongue. What if you bite it? But he can't do anything. To everybody else in the room. He's paralyzed, Alex. He can't do anything. Yeah, he can't sneeze. Like he can't cough. He's laying basically like this paralyzed he can't do anything and they like stripped him as well right like, and he's butt naked clothes. so <laughs> so he is incapable of doing anything else except biting his jaw down real hard and opening his mouth to release that poison gas that's pretty much all he can do <laughs> at that point none of none of what you guys said helped <laughs> and i'm still disturbed and now he's butt ass. Don't act like yeah. you don't want to see Oscar Isaac naked, okay? No, Alex, they didn't show anything. <laughs> exactly. just, just so you know. I'm not exactly. arguing. I'm not arguing those points. All right, <laughs> just saying the fake tooth's a little. I'm not going to argue those points. Fake tooth is a little weird. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the what, what? Like, do you uh, like? So let me ask you this, Jonathan. Um. Do, are you gonna? I'm signing. I'm ready to watch a part two. Uh, but after seeing this, are are you excited for a part two of this? Do you want to see more of this world and uh, as they presented it and stuff? You know, I feel like I got my Dune fill, but I will probably you know watch it because there will probably at the time that it gets released be a lot of fanfare. And they'll probably have someone else. They, who knows? They might have Kiki Palmer. They, <laughs> Kiki Palmer. You know what, Jonathan? That's your new project now because you're an actor guy. Your new project is to get Kiki Palmer on the show. <laughs> we talked about well, her enough that she podcast, needs to be on this podcast. Yeah. She replied to me on Instagram one time. That's what I'm saying. But, you, uh, so you got a her, little bit of an in. You know, she at least on, on, on a couple weeks ago when she hosted the Met Gala. She, Timothy Chalamet, there, this moment went viral because t she interviewed Timothy Chalamet and he just randomly at the beginning of the interview stopped the interview and was like, you know, we met when we were 17, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that, <laughs> and she was like, what? Oh, really? And, um, and people were saying that he was like trying to flirt with her and he was like looking her up and down and stuff. Um, so that moment went viral. So if she is in the sequel to Dune, who knows? Zendaya might have some competition. <laughs> so I'm just saying, Jonathan. We talk about her enough on this podcast; it's now become kind of like canon. So at this point, you gotta you gotta work towards getting her on the show. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but I believe in you. I have hey. faith in you, Jonathan. I mean, some a project. <laughs> the only project out Um right. But okay. So but I'll probably I'll probably watch the second one. Alex, if it's gonna, on HBO Max, do you think you'll like now hearing us describe the movie and tell you a little bit more about the plot, so that way you don't have to like listen to two, like now the expositional like you're already kind of knowledgeable. Are you gonna watch part one to like go back and try and rewatch it and see if you like maybe you'll like it more? Probably not. But here's the thing: I do this a lot, and I, people hate me for this. 
I will watch sequels. And I'll watch trilogies, but I won't watch first movies because they're setups like this. My brain doesn't like setups. So I will, from what you have described to me, it sounds like there will be more action in the second Dune movie. I would watch the second Dune, but I don't think I would go back to the first one. Hmm. I think if anything, I'd go like Wikipedia style and look up the plot and read through it really quick <laughs> to have like enough knowledge. I'm like, okay, I know you who's dead. see the That's So Raven origin story of <laughs> Paul Atreides? No, that would be, that's a part that's her lineage. <laughs> That's I, that's Raven Simone's great 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 grandchild. <laughs> also, uh, I like Zendaya has the nerve—not her, but the character. Uh, when she first meets Paul, she's just like, mm, "You're looking a little uh, like here it is. I thought you was gonna be formidable, but you just look like a kid." I'm like, "You got a lot of right. nerve. Weren't you just playing a teenager a couple of years back in a show called Euphoria? Get out of here! You look just as young as I do." <laughs> I mean, he looks younger. That's only because he ain't got no facial hair. If he had like a mustache or something, they would look the same age. Like a like you know, like a Pharrell type mustache where it's kind of thin. I think that would probably make him look better. And in real life, I think he's older than her. That that also I think that also is true. I think he's older than her in real life. Um But I don't know how old she's supposed to be in. In fact, that's kind of become the new thing. Is that because also I recently watched the Uncharted uh at the time of this recording, the Uncharted trailer just came out. Um, which is a movie based off the video game Uncharted. And uh, in the video game, the character of Nathan Drake is like, even even in the first one, he looks like he's probably in his late 20s to early 30s at the youngest. And who do they cast to play that character in the movie? Tom Holland, who still looks like he's 16, <laughs> even though he's definitely in his 20s now. And I'm just like, Nah, like you don't look old enough. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm watching a teenager go around the world hunting for treasures. Like I know he's an adult, so it's like that's a little unfair. He can't help his genes. He didn't choose. Yeah, to look Tom like Holland. Tom Holland's older than Zendaya. But I Tom Holland think. looks. He just he really? the kid looks by like two months or he three looks months. Young. Oh well, I don't really count. <laughs> but they're dating. Did you know that? It's pretty much confirmed. Does she because... know? Does he know that she's cheating on him with Ch- Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> I knew it. There's... I'm just saying because I like I wouldn't put it past him. They look exactly the same. <laughs> they look. They look. The only thing is I mean... Timothy's well, got a got sharper jaw. His is his is sharper, and you don't have an accent. But they're they look exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, when you got a type, you got a type. You can't fight it. <laughs> You think people think they're like, oh yeah, I don't really have a type, and then you look at their exes, and you're like, really, really gonna try to tell me you don't have a type? <laughs> Physical feature, personality wise, everybody has a type. So I'm like, hey, you. Hey everybody, Jerome cutting in here. Uh, so that was pretty much the end of the review. Uh, after that, we got into uh, a bit of a discussion that uh, we had to cut out of this episode. So uh, there's gonna be a bit of a jump uh, to just us saying tune in next week. Uh, but before we get there, uh, it also we also cut out the parts about us doing any of our socials. So if you want to follow any of the fantastic people you just heard on this podcast, you can follow Alex on Instagram at Alex and Nobody. Uh, you can follow me at Not Jerome Rhett on Instagram as well as at RoboZoo Media. And you can find Jonathan at Jonathan Keys also on Instagram as well. 
And if you want to follow the whole podcast, you can follow us at The First Ones to Die on all of our social medias, as well as YouTube, Facebook, all the type of stuff. So uh, thank you for listening. We're going to jump back into that last little bit. Um, But uh, yeah, catch you later. Yeah, tune in next week when we talk about something. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't even, who knows? All of us might not even be here next week. It's the Halloween. <laughs> it's Halloween and Day of the Dead. That's true. We're going to be out talking about Halloween stuff. Maybe our favorite Halloween movies something or something. Yes. Let's talk a little bit of Day of the Dead, which is a part of a Mexican tradition. Mm-hmm. So that's also going to be something throwing some history or culture at you guys. Finally, culture. I'm down. Great. Thanks for the it. enthusiasm, you guys. Listen, I, I put a lot of energy in that. Yeah. I'm still on that nothing you, to do when your life comes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. <Job> <laughs> See you, everybody. Bye. Bye.